welcome to the Back on Track Fitness Podcast, where we answer the tough questions on running, weightlifting, and general fitness. Hosted by Dr. Cameron Dennis and Dr. Eric May, physical therapists. Be sure to check us out at backontracktherapy.com for training programs and other resources. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, today we're talking about strength training, which is important for many different reasons, but we're talking about strength training specifically for injuries. Um, so I'm just going to kind of run you through the course of an injury that we may see and then explain where strength training plays a role um, and how big of a role it plays. So let's take somebody, for example, um, low back pain. And a lot of times on the internet, uh, thanks to the the Facebooks and the, the YouTubes and the uh, Instagrams and all such other uh, interweb things, you start seeing where different people say, hey, I have low back pain. What kind of treatment should I get? And oftentimes you'll hear things like, "I should, you should get an adjustment. Uh, cupping worked really well for me. Dry needling, Graston or tooling, um, massage, any kind of inversion table. You hear all these different things. Rarely does anybody say you should just get crazy strong once you aren't in pain anymore. Um, and that will be the best way to help your low back. But honestly, getting crazy strong is probably one of the biggest things. Um, so first off, nobody's ever said, hey man, I think I'm, I think I'm too strong. It's like saying I'm too muscular. Um, it just doesn't happen. Even for those folks that are afraid of getting quote unquote bulky, um, it just doesn't happen. So anyway, uh, first let's talk about those first things that I mentioned, um, which would be considered passive treatments. So you have low back pain, you go in and you get an adjustment or you get a massage or needling, cupping, whatever. And I'm by no means am I saying that these are not effective treatments in their own right. Um, I do these types of treatments, so I obviously believe in them and they definitely have a place. But what you're really looking for is not necessarily something, if somebody says, hey, you should go get this, and you say, okay, I want to get needling, what you really want is to get better as quickly as you can and come back without having a recurrence of pain. Um, so you're not really going in for needling, you're going in because you think needling, dry needling is the tool to get you where you want. So there may be some other tools that would actually be better suited, aka spoiler, strength training. Um, so those first things. Uh, they can help reduce pain in the short term. They're called passive treatments. So you lay there, you get an adjustment done to you, and let's say that it helps you feel better. That's great. You're feeling a little better. Now you can move better. Um, you're less inhibited by pain, etc. All the things that would come along with reducing the pain. The problem is there's a big difference between laying on a table and having somebody put cups on you and you feel better. And then if you're an avid runner, going out and doing a 10K. Or if you're a weightlifter, going in and squatting. So you feel better laying there, and you may feel better doing some of the movements, but there's a big gap between doing nothing and feeling good, and then getting back to full activity and getting close to full intensity of whatever sport or endeavor you're into. Um, so where does strength training come into play? Um, if you look at a lot of the, the, I say pathologies, but if you look at a lot of the different reasons that people have pain, if you take low back and say that somebody has a little bit of a disc issue, if you take the shoulder and say that somebody has, hey, I've been told I have rotator cuff tendonitis, and then the first line of defense you go to are passive treatments, so the things that I mentioned, that will make you feel better, and it does in some ways if you feel better and you have less pain and you're less inhibited by pain, you can then move better and you are stronger, um, which has been shown if you take somebody that has, they'll do experimental studies where somebody has no back pain, they can lift X amount of weight. They artificially give them back pain. Gotta love those people that are dedicated enough to go into those studies. And then they can lift less weight. It inhibits muscle contractions. So 
you can move a little bit better if you have less pain. But the bigger thing is how can you actually be more resilient and stop whatever happened from happening again and build up your capacity for whatever training you want to do. So after you've had a very short-term bit of passive treatment, um, there's that big gap that needs filled. And it could be filled sometimes with uh, mobility or flexibility work, but also the bigger piece would be strength training. And so why do I say strength training? Um, we oftentimes think of strength training for muscles, obviously, because we can physically see our muscles getting bigger. Or if you're, if you're deadlifting, you can see that the weight that you're moving is more, but you don't think about the other properties that it changes inside the body. Um, I posted something not that long ago, I guess it's been a little while, uh, that was just on the different adaptations that the body makes um, to non-muscular components of the anatomy um, whenever you're doing weightlifting or resistance training. Um, some interesting ones are uh, that it increases your bone mineral density. So oftentimes your males that are 30 aren't as worried about your bone mineral density or how strong your bones are, but it does increase the density of your bones, um, which is important, especially for females. Um, the, they had one little bit, and I don't recall the exact author of the article or the year, but it showed that weightlifters had a stronger ACL than non-weightlifters by a certain percentage. I forget the percentage, but it's very interesting. So it's not like you're seeing your ACL get more jacked, but it is. It's getting stronger and it can tolerate more. Um, there's an increase in the tensile strength and the load capacity or the ability of the tendon to tolerate load force being generated through it, i.e. if you have a stronger tendon and it is more resilient, you can handle more plyometric movements. So you're less likely to get injured with jumping, uh, sprinting, uh, squatting, anything that in involves recruitment of a certain tendon, let's say. Um, and then for the back, uh, you can have a, if you increase your stability and strength of the core, um, whatever the core is, because it's 5 million different muscles, uh, you can have a decrease in the, the micro movements or the little small extra movements of the spine. So everything stays more stable. So if you have a disc issue, you can, in other words, kind of help with the internal stability of that area with strengthening. So a lot of times we don't think of those, I guess they would be less sexy things that, that are adaptations of strength training. We oftentimes just think of the, the muscular side of it. Um, but those pieces are huge. So in the long term, those are the goals as far as, especially with the tendons, how often do you hear people say, I have a tendon issue, I have tendonitis. Um, part of that is just that the load that you placed on that tendon exceeded its capacity. So then you get injury. Well, if you start doing something like grass and let's say or cupping, you make the area feel better, but you're not really essentially changing the structure or the capacity of the tendon. So when you go back to doing what you were doing before, at some point, it's probably going to get injured again. So strength training is what an appropriate strength training, I know that's a broad term and we don't probably aren't going to go into the individual movements or kind of loads that would be required to make those adaptations. But you need to just in a general sense, get to strength training, which will then build that capacity. That way the tendon doesn't hurt again. Um, so the manual therapies are good, uh, but if you're going to a practitioner, you really need to make sure that there's some sort of the, you're not having this disconnect between I lay on the table, you do these treatments, and then I'm on my way, and I'm missing that gap of what will actually make me stronger long term and what will make me more resilient to injury long term. Um, so figuring out, and that's why a lot of times, to be honest with you, some of the personal trainers um, are kicking our asses in the health field because we're missing out on that long term kind of strength development um, that will make us more resilient.
So kudos to some of the trainers because you guys are doing what we should be doing. Um, and we kind of stop short of that because we're just doing passive treatments that look like they're super cool. Um, because strength training sometimes isn't the most exciting or sexy thing. But uh, long term, it really is what you need. The other component to think about with this is that if you're saying, okay, I need strength training. This is what this random dude with the monotone voice is telling me. I need to get into strength training. Um, the idea isn't, a, I had a passive treatment and now I just need to go all out and just get back to full strength training. Um, if you can, then great and kind of work up progressively. Um, but oftentimes you're still not feeling 100% once you have needling or whatever done to you. So now is where it's important to, to apply the principles of progressive overload. Um, so you start out smaller. If you have shoulder pain and, and you want to get stronger and work on building tolerance of the shoulder and getting back to bench pressing or throwing a baseball or whatever, um, you need to start out at what is the maximum that you can currently perform correctly as far as exercise and strength-wise. You can perform correctly and does not significantly flare up the area, and that's where you start. So you may have exercises 1 through 10 that you can start working on, and then they're fairly low level. They seem light, but you need to start there. And then after that, scrap some of those exercises. And then once you're feeling a little better, increase the intensity of those, increase the volume, the number of those you're doing. You just have to continue kind of building on that base and starting small with what you can tolerate and then progressively overloading, or I guess it wouldn't be overloading, it progressively loading up to the point that you then return, at which time then you can start progressively overloading because you're back to your 100%. Um, so don't look at it, which oftentimes people do, as an all or none type of thing. I'm either injured and broken and can't do anything, or I feel 100% and need to run myself into the ground, um, which in general for strength training, that's kind of how we look at it. And from an injury recovery or return from injury standpoint, um, that's how sometimes people look at it. Um, but getting back into things just slowly over time and realizing that just because uh, a lift may be light, if you're working back, I just use squatting as an example because um, it's easy to conceptualize. If you're working back from squatting and you were squatting 300 pounds for 10 reps and your first week back after you got an adjustment and a low back injury, um, instead of saying I can do zero or 300, go to 100 pounds and see how that feels. Realize that this is not going to tax you from a muscular standpoint, so you will not necessarily feel fatigued or like you're getting anything out of it. But you're reacclimating your body, and if you had a disc issue or generalized low back pain and muscular strain, you are, though, getting those structures reacclimated back to load and different positions that you want to get back into. So just because an exercise returning from rehab isn't necessarily taxing you from a muscular standpoint, um, you're not fatigued aerobically, metabolically, you're not fatigued. Um, Strength-wise, you feel fine. It was very easy. That's where you should be. And then you just have to methodically progress that over time. So the next week you go to 110 pounds for sets of 10 and that still feels okay. And then 120. Um, it seems like a slow process, but that's really what you need instead of just saying, I get treatments done to me and then I go back full go. Um, yes, sometimes you can get away with that. Obviously, I've done that for plenty of folks. If they're not super, super flared up, they're not super injured um, and they can get back to those things. But I'm talking about situations where you're in a ton of pain, you need treatment, and then how do you work back into things and that missing gap of, like I said, doing nothing and then going back to full go. So you definitely need to look into strength training as far as being a big tool um, to come back from injury. 
So whenever you see those things online where it's like, hey, you should go get this like cool thing that's awesome done to you, um, the big thing is usually that's cool and it's definitely helpful at first. Like I said, I did all the time, but you need to figure out strength-wise um, what you can actually do for yourself and hopefully have somebody that can help progress you, unless you're highly skilled in this area, um, progress you as well that way. It kind of takes your own subjective feelings out of it. And somebody can methodically step back and look and objectively say, hey, you just need this slow loading over a period of time in order to not only get back from this injury, but stop you from getting further injuries. So those are my, uh, those are my thoughts on getting back and recovering from an injury or recovery uh, or prevention of an injury, I guess I would say, um, and the importance of strength training um, and how vital it is to either find somebody to help you incorporate strength training after an injury or continue strength training after an injury, or just realize that strength training is a badass way to prevent injury. So um, start incorporating some of that. If you have questions, obviously let us know. Um, but give some, give some credit to the old strength and, uh, and muscle gains and other gains, ACL gains, bone mineral density gains, all the gains, all the adaptation gains. All right, see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in to the Back on Track Fitness Podcast. We hope you found it helpful. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And check out running and weightlifting programs for athletes of all experience levels at backontracktherapy.com. Links are in the show notes. See you next time.